I sound now? I sound okay? Would you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. And it's another Hoops Adjacent episode of the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. Our man, Mark, is down for the count. Got that flu bug or whatever. Can't make it. So I got to ride solo this week. But I, it's no problem because my guy, Eddie Johnson, 17-year vet, crafty shooter, co-host of the NBA Today show on Sirius XM Radio every day. Get that Sirius XM app. It's really life-changing. EJ, what's up, my man? I'm just living the dream, man. I'm out here on this road as I've been for the last 23 years and traveling first class. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a bad life. I, I like that life, but... You know, it's a, there's a shelf. There was a shelf life for me. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, trust me, my my shelf life is starting to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, you can't complain too much because, like you said, you fly nice, you stay nice. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you ain't ain't no Motel Sixes most of the can't time. Can't argue so. with that. Exactly. Look, man. As as all of you know, Eddie's the the uh, analyst and has been for some time for the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk a lot about the Suns. I did want to start though, Eddie, with the loss of one of our all time greats in this game, Paul Silas, this past weekend. And Paul was a guy that I came to know as a coach after his playing days were done. I certainly understand what a great player he was, but I got to know him as a coach, and he was a righteous guy. An honest guy would not could not lie to you about people and players, even his own players. You know, he wouldn't sugarcoat it. Um, and I know he was a mentor to you as well. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest rebounders uh, in the history of this game. Uh, could score, but had to play a role. So he's the ultimate team guy. Played on a number of, uh, obviously, organizations. Played in Boston. Uh, had an opportunity to speak with Dave Cowens yesterday. He was a very close friend of mm-hmm. his, obviously. They were coaching together a couple of years as well. Uh, yeah. And and so, but Paul, you know, what I just remember of Paul and is just the bright, the bright greeting I would always get from him. Yes. Uh, every time I saw him, he'd smile and he'd hug me and, you know, he asked me about my family. Uh, when I was playing, he was always giving me advice. Uh, and it, it just, it, he was very impactful for me uh, because of his demeanor. And uh, we've lost a good one. And as yeah. I tweeted out, I said, heaven over the last few years, they're building a great team up there. Sure we lost are. a lot of tremendous players that played in our association, and they moved on. And not just older players, we're talking about younger guys as well. You know, right. My memory goes all the way back to Kevin Duckworth, uh, <laughs> Jerome Kersey, uh, Armand Gilliam. Uh, it's just guys that left here too soon. Yeah. And, uh, and now uh, Paul Silas has moved on, and and our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Yeah, you know, obviously, I've said, you know, Stephen is is right off the chip off the old block, same type of guy, you know, uh, waited patiently for his opportunity and is making the most of it. But, I, Eddie, you know, I, I always try to, to celebrate those guys that played, especially the guys that played back in the 70s and the 80s, because I think out of sight, out of mind, it's very quick, it's very easy to forget what a guy like Paul Silas meant to this league and the way he played, the way he carried himself, how the professional that he was as a player and as a coach, the expectation he had for you as a player when he became a coach. And 
I don't want people like that to be forgotten, you know, right. because they were the guys that built this league and they were the guys that kept this league alive before Magic and Bird and all those guys and Michael Jordan and all those guys came on the scene and took it to the next level. And no disrespect right. to them, they earned every bit of it. But guys like Paul Silas and Wes Unseld, who I grew up, you know, that's my first job in the NBA was covering the Bullets when Wes was a coach. And he taught me so much, not about the game, which was substantial. He taught me more about people, you know, just about how to deal with people, how to treat people with respect and and, and people like that in this game. I don't want those guys' contributions to be forgotten. I totally agree with you. And that's why I take exception uh, to guys in this era, this quote-unquote new media, <laughs> uh, making comments like they do. Uh, Draymond Green making his crazy comments. J.J. Redick uh, saying that, you know, Bob Cousy played with plumbers and firemen. They, I guess yeah. they were supposed to stay home broke. I mean, they weren't making the money that you were making, J.J. So they had to go take care of their families and do extra. Uh, but they could play basketball. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's just reminding these guys just to respect the history. Uh, right. I think these guys, they, they get lazy with it. They only want to go back a few years when they first got in the league and start comparing players, start doing all these things. No, if you're going to make those comparisons, you got to do your homework. You just get yeah. up. You know, it's easy to go find it. And yeah, that's why I continually tell the league, I think they're missing the boat on rookie orientation. I do. I think if these young people want to come into this league early, like anything else, like, you know, when you get out of college and you want to go get a nine to five job, regardless of the education you got in college, they're immediately going to make you take another test. They're going to yeah. see if you're qualified to work for them. Right. I think right. the league is missing the boat, man, in regards to a history lesson to these young people where in that rookie orientation, they should be asked to follow and, and, and be able to pass a history test. A simple hmm. test on players hmm. so like they can that. understand about the league. There's a lot of players right. in the league that do know the history. Yes. You know, i.e. LeBron. LeBron um, and Chris Paul. And and I guys, think yeah. KD, KD. Yep, I mean, yep, all these yep. guys know the history of the game, but a lot of these guys don't, and they don't care to want to know. And yeah. I think it's I think it's a travesty that, that they don't have that knowledge. You know, one of the things it, they I always thought that they should do at rookie orientation is kind of link up – if you're if you're the first round pick of the Dallas Mavericks, you should be paired up with Rolando Blackman. You know what I mean? Like you should that should be like he should be the guy that you follow your first year. Like you, right. you exchange numbers, you you he meets you on the road, he you know, yeah. you come see him on on a home game just so that to your point, you can learn about the history of this league and what it was like and yeah. what the city is like and how it's yeah. changed and all of the thing the pitfalls and all that. So if you do like a one-to-one rookie player with a star player from that franchise, and so that they would have some idea of the team that they're going to and, and what's expected of them. I think that would be a great way to kind of get guys more in tune because it's it's like anything else. If if you don't, like you said, if you don't make it important, they won't do it. You know what I mean? No. They won't do no, it. No, they won't do it, man. And then they'll have a better appreciation for the sport. Right now, they yeah. don't. They think it's tough when they have to play, you know, two games, three games in five nights. That's oh, that's <laughs> right. difficult. Uh, they think it's tough when they have to go back to backs. The league has just laid it out for them. They've changed it so many times. We've had a couple of trips this year where we played teams back to back. Yeah. And we stayed in their hometown, you know, and, and good for them that they've been able to change it. But understand, uh, Paul Silas, who just passed away, his last 10 years in the NBA, his last 10 years, he played 16 years. His last 10 years in the NBA, he played north of 80 games every mm -hmm. year. 
right. every year. He played north of 80 games. And you got these guys today, and I'll call them out, Kawhi Leonard. Dude won't play unless he's close to 100%. How dare you, man? Yeah. I mean, you know, you no, know, man, you play. I mean, you know, you fight through it because you never know how great you can be when you're compromised. But right. that's the mentality of these guys right now, man. They, they're not playing to their 100%. Uh, and they'll take nights off, and they're okay with taking nights off, which makes me question their love for the game. Because I'm telling you, if a coach came up to me when I played and said, Eddie, I'm going to give you the night off, I'm fighting. I'm like, no, man. man. Exactly. No, man, I want to play, man, especially if I had a good game the game before. Right, right, like, right. Know, this year, Clay Thompson had 40 and Steve Kerr settled. Yeah. Well, damn, Steve, he's been out two years. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, these analytic guys, man, they're taking hold, man, and they say, oh, no, you shouldn't play him. No, no, he's compromised. He could get injured. Yeah, John Wall towards Achilles stepping out of the damn tub. Yeah. But yeah. It just, you know, it's just, just amazing. Hit by a bus anytime, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – it just wasn't even something that even would come up, even on the bad teams. Like, I covered bad teams in Washington. Daryl Walker played 79 games every year. Jeff Malone played 75 yeah. games every year. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't even think about leave not playing. Like, no. <laughs> they weren't 100%. They the had something wrong with them. <laughs> look, yeah, you traveled around, man. The games don't make you tired. Yeah. Man, there's too many stoppages in NBA games to be tired. Yeah. The only time I was tired, man, was when I had to practice because the coach then could control the clock. Right, right, but right. But right. actually play the game, a lot of times I didn't even sit down during timeouts. Because <laughs> I, I, I used to tell guys, I said, man, why don't you sit down? Because I, I don't want fatigue to win to beat me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kick his butt. You right. know, so I don't need that. I said, I'll sit down when he takes me out the game. Right, right, right. You know, right, and right. it's just that mentality, man, that these guys don't have. Well, I want to talk to you about the, you know, you mentioned the back-to-back. -back, uh, the Suns played in New Orleans. We all know what happened at the end of the, of those, of the second game, right? Um, and the first game. I know the first. Was game. it the first game? I'm sorry, the first game. I don't know. I have no big problem with it. Like I, like come on, man. Like let you know, let the kids celebrate a little bit. You can look. You're gonna play them again. You can take care of it in seven days if it really bothered you that much. You right. know what I mean? Like you're gonna play no, them I again. An, I think it's an archaic rule. I don't actually don't have a problem with it either, but you know, yeah. as as an announcer, as an analyst, I got to call it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and I said I don't have an issue with it. I understand his mentality. I understand that Zion didn't play last year, but don't blame us. Why you? Right. Play. I, I don't want to hear that. But I understand. Right, right. Okay, you didn't play last year. You weren't there for your teammates. Yeah. But don't blame us. Look in the mirror, dude. <laughs> Let's just face it. You out of yeah. shape. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, you focus now. He's come back. He's in shape, and he wanted to get some revenge on a team that eliminated them from the playoffs. Uh, I get it. I yeah. have no issue with that at all, none. But as an analyst, I got to call it out. You right. don't do it. His own teammates was over there trying to stop him from doing it when he was getting yeah. ready to do it. Yeah. His own analyst, Antonio Daniels, on the air said no, no, no. So right. what I'm saying and what I'm trying to tell people is, it's an unwritten rule. It's it's a weird rule, but it's a it's a safety rule. Because mm -hmm. as I've said, we've had guys try to take guys out when they did it. Marquise Chris, sure. uh, I think last year on uh, Bismack Biombo, Bismack went up to try to dunk it late in the game, and Marquise Chris took him out. Okay? So yeah, and he's on the Suns. Bismack did that on the Suns. So I'm not yeah. I'm not, you know erasing the Suns from not being in that situation. Yeah, yeah. They got tape on Chris Paul doing it as a Houston Rocket. I think a lot of players have done it 
but it's still, you know, just because somebody robbed the bank 10 years ago <laughs> doesn't mean we make an excuse for the guy robbing the bank now. Right, so right, right. That, so I think I think that's what Zion had to understand that he's been an injured guy, man, throughout his really basketball career since he went to Duke. Okay. Yeah. And so you don't want to put yourself in harm's way. Because I mean right. you're an easy target. And that was always my point, but I, I, I don't care about somebody doing that. Yeah, like yeah. I said, you can take care of that next week. You got them again next week. Yeah. If it really bothers yeah. you, <laughs> you can well, address it next week. There's not too many people taking that dude out there. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, no, no, not I, now. <laughs> looking at you, okay? <laughs> and what what did you think of the, you know, take the, the Suns out of it? How did you think the Pelicans obviously at the top of the West now? What what did you see from them? Last year, I thought they were a tremendous team. I, I mm-hmm. felt they would give us problems in the playoffs. I felt if they had Zion, they would have definitely gone seven games. Mm-hmm. They're a very good basketball team. Willie Green is a tremendous coach, man. I, I love Willie Green. He's a friend. Yeah. Uh, David Griffin is a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pull for them, although Pelican fans probably would not believe it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I really love what they've done. Uh, David Griffin is went out and he's got long guys that can defend and I think shockingly uh he's found out that they can score too. Najee yeah. Marshall can score. Uh the kid Daniels, a young kid. I mean yeah. he can score the ball and defend. Uh you know, I mean Herb Jones, I mean Alvarado, who's one of Alvarado's probably top four favorite player of mine in the league. He's amazing. And he knows it. I tell him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh and and I, I truly, I, I, I truly love watching them play. And no, I'm, I'm worried about that team. Like mm-hmm. if, if we had to face somebody come playoff time, I'm worried about them. Yeah, uh, because of Zion, because right. he's un, he's unstoppable, man. Uh, his first step is lightning quick. He gets around you, and once he gets around you and he elevates, you're done. Uh, yeah. and so. Uh, it's going to come a point in time now where he's going to he's going to get NBA defenses now. I think a lot of NBA teams have been hesitant to double him. Yeah, they've been hesitant to treat him like a quote unquote superstar. Yeah. Now we're going to see in the next coming weeks we're going to see we're going to see how he can navigate that because he's going to get double. Yeah, yeah. He is going to get double team man because it he, you cannot stop. Him. Right. As somebody who was often on the you know the other end of a double team, your your teammate gets doubled. You go to a spot and wait for the pass. Right. How difficult is that for a big that's not used to that or that hasn't seen that coverage yet? How hard is it for them to learn not just to get the ball out of their hands, but where to go, where to get the ball to you, where you like it, you know what your what your pocket is in terms of where you like to catch the pass to just go up and shoot. And, you know, his, uh, Zion's look is going to be different. Like, because he's not playing with his back to the basket. He's yeah, playing right. look, He's right. playing top of the key, and he's yeah, got 10 yeah. eyes on him, which now he has to make decisions like a guard. Right. And and I think that's when it's going to get a little difficult for him uh, because now you can't always try to make the home run pass. You just got to make a hockey pass. You know, and not think that you're going to get the assist, but you're going to help somebody else uh, help that guy get a shot that's open. Yeah. And I think that's when we'll see how he plays into that and how he handles it. Uh, his handle is really good. Uh, he jumps high enough to be able to, to go against the, the cardinal rule of not jumping past. 
Mm-hmm. But he jumps so high. I mean, he gives himself an extra second to, to really, per, you know, survey what he has to do. And he gets away with it. So, yeah, it's going to be a different animal. And then also when Brandon Ingram comes back, I think, right. you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing I said about Boston. You know, people are, oh, they running through the league. I said, do you all remember what the Suns did last year? <laughs> they ran through the league. Everybody's going to hit a wall. Yeah. And that wall is happening now for Boston because teams now are figuring them out. They're, tr- they're watching film. They're taking things away from them. And I think when Brandon Ingram comes back, I'm just wondering how that's going to fit with their team if Brandon Ingram wants to come back and be Brandon Ingram, which he can be. I mean, yeah. without a doubt, he can. But I think it's pretty obvious this this is uh, Zion's team. And it was always and, Zion's team. And I think right. Brandon Ingram needs to know that. That's – I always wondered the diff, you know, especially with – well, Brandon's not young anymore, but he's not, you know, 32 either. You know what right. I mean? So you just wonder how a guy is going to handle that. He's gotten his money. He's gotten his accolades. And now it's about – what are you going to do to help us win? Right. You know what I mean? And if it means that we got to play through Zion, you got to you got to accept it. I don't know that – I don't think Brandon's tripping off of that, but you always am curious when it, when he has to actually do it, right? You have to actually do it. And then you, yeah. go, to, you go through games and they're running – they're giving Zion the ball at the end. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you look up and Zion, you know, he's gotten 20-something shots and you've gotten 13. Uh, yeah. That's when it starts to hit home. And like I said, I, I don't. I'm not saying that Brandon Ingram's not going to do it. I think he's capable of doing it. But I think we have to really, I think, check out the situation and see how it plays out. Well, let's see. Let's let's talk about your sons now. You know, they had a great start. As we tape this, they've lost four in a row. I think that will change soon. But you know, but what 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 interests me, Eddie, is the defense. You know, they were top ten. All you know, the first six mm-hmm. weeks, seven weeks of the season, and like the last ten games, they're down in the twenties in terms of defensive rating. What what are you seeing that's kind of dropped off a little bit? Well, I mean, I think obviously they had a, they had a huge push when they had the injuries, and those guys pushed forward and they played with confidence and they were able to win games. Yeah, uh, and I think sometimes the fatigue of the season starts to come in on you, guys that weren't used to playing all those minutes. All of a sudden, teams are getting a better look at them, yeah. uh, doing things differently. That's why guys. That's why you have starters, and that's why you have guys that don't play big starters minutes, yeah. uh, because the guys are the stars. They know how to navigate all of that. They can circumvent the, those different things that happen to them. And I think that's what's happened uh, to this group. I think the fatigue of the of the season, the fatigue of the last three seasons, uh, and then you get the second win. Uh, so I'm not too worried about them with their defense. I think they'll shore it up and, and they'll get back to where they where they need to be, especially with Chris Paul back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so because he controls tempo, and yeah. I think you know the Suns started to struggle offensively, and then all of a sudden now they were out of tempo. Teams were running back up their up their back and they were getting back on them. Well, Chris Paul yeah. is never going to allow that to happen, and so. Right. And you can see this past weekend. I mean, we were down a ton to them in the first game. Chris Paul. Controlled the tempo, got hot, got him back in the game. Yeah. Uh, the other night, uh, came out, controlled the tempo of the game. Suns built up leads, lost leads when he went out. And so it's all about the tempo. And then about, obviously, you know, getting Devin Booker back, getting Cam Johnson back. Right. Finding, you know, what are you going to do with the Jay Crowder situation? I mean, who are you going to bring in here? It's just, it's just they don't have that new shot of new blood that mm. a lot of these teams have gotten. And right. I think I think it's kind of weighing on them a little bit. And 
And I think that they're struggling with it, which is not a shock to me. It really isn't. So with, with Jay, I mean, what type of player, I mean, do you, do you think they just need a 3 and D guy back or could they get, would it be a different type of player that they need? Uh, my, my personal opinion, they need to get tough. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a finesse team uh, that is very good. And look, it's finesse teams out there. I mean, Golden yeah. State finesse team. Uh, right, right. You know, so it's a lot of teams that, that play finesse and they have a lot of success. But I think the Suns, they need, they, they need, they need a, to me, a power forward, somebody that's got some size that, and not necessarily, you know, a guy that's going to come manhandle people, but a guy yeah. that can play above the rim, knock down shots, can guard, right. can at least deter Zion, uh, you know, deter Giannis. Because those are the ones you got to navigate. Right. I mean, before right. it's all said and done, I mean, you know, maybe get out there and maybe have to deal with Luke, you know, in regards to how he just punishes people because Luke yeah. is basically a power forward in a, in a in a point guard's body. So right. I think, you know, that area, I think they have to shore up and, and I think they'll be fine. I mean, I think if Cam, if, you know, Cam Johnson's looking good now. I heard he's recovering quite nicely and he should be right. back sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, Devin is more of a precaution right now with his hamstring. Uh, because he's had a history of it. So, you know, anytime it starts to tighten up on them, they're going to give him time off. So, yeah, I just think, you know, they'll be fine. And, and you know what? I kind of like them in the middle of the pack. Yeah. You know, it's better to be the, the hunter time, than man. the hunter, yeah, right? Chased all the time. You know, yeah. it, it becomes a, a pressure situation to maintain it. Uh, I kind of like them in the middle of the pack and just see what yeah. they can. Well, it seemed to me if Milwaukee, you know, you've heard Milwaukee's kind of been rumored as a team that's interested in Jay. Like, to me, mm -hmm. to your point, like a guy like Bobby Portis would make a lot of sense for Phoenix to me. Like, oh, you know, please. I think that I think if, if he was presentable, I think they'd take him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't know if Milwaukee would do that. You know, no, I don't know either. You, but <laughs> but if you want Jay Crowder, you got to give up something. You got to give up something for him. You got to give know, up like, something. You got to you know, give up so, something. And so they're going to the be patient with it. Yeah, they're going to be patient with it. Uh, they're not yeah. rushing. Uh, now that we're close to December 15th, I think some trades are going to start to happen. Right. And I think that's when the pressure does fall on the Suns because now you don't want to lose out on the player that you had your eye on, uh, you know, up until this moment. Yeah, because they got to – obviously, they got to do something to resolve the Jay situation. I mean, they got to move him somewhere. You yeah. Know, so, how have you seen – how has Aiton been um, so far this season? I think he's played tremendous. I think, you know, he has an opportunity to make an all-star team this year. Uh, you know, the, the kid is still young. And, you know, yeah. most big kids, man, they don't mature fast. Takes longer. Fast. Yep. And, but I mean, I think, I think his concentration has been much better this year. Uh, he have lapses, of course, uh, you know, in, in, in the aggressive category. Uh, he did that against Houston a couple weeks ago when they lost. Uh, Houston just continued to strip the ball from him. Uh, so he's having those issues. But other than that, man, you know, he, he's putting up numbers. He's rebounding. He's concentrated. He's, he's a very good teammate. To these guys and and so i don't you know you know people always want to go right to him and blame him you know when a guy like zion you know destroys you but it's yeah. not all about him man right. it's you know zion's been destroying people for the last nine games yeah <laughs> yeah i i was i thought monty did a terrific job of handling you know a very delicate situation with with da coming back you know that was a tough one because it all happened kind of out in the open and in public right yeah and but you know, he as best he could kept it in house, and I think that that, I think that's helped Da kind of get past it and move on, and maybe you know get back to the type of player that he's capable of being. Yeah, no, it wasn't really Da wasn't as bad as what people were making it out. But mm -hmm. like, 
man, man, I've had some arguments with coaches. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, come on, man. It's just, just a part of it, man. It's and, just that I'm you know, just that you know, but you know, these kids today, it's different. You can't, you, you just can't, can't yell but, at them. But, like, you can't yeah. yell at them like like they used to be able to. You know, you're right. But you know, he never. But DeAndre, from the moment that he got back this year, you would have never known. Uh, Monty and he were engaged. They would yeah, talk. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe more so on the basketball court, but that's where it's supposed to be in practice in the right. basketball court. Uh, and you know he's his teammates love him, yeah. So you know, and he's been totally engaged. Yeah. And uh, so you know, it, you know, it, it, it's sometimes it's a good thing is good for certain things to happen. You know, yeah. it puts you in a position where you know you don't want to go back there again. And I think DeAndre is in that position where he doesn't want to visit that again, right. where he has an issue with his coach. They got CP at like 30 minutes a game so far this season. You think that's the number he's going to be at all season? Yeah, I think they're going to be really cautious with him, yeah. as rightly they should. I have Ooh. no issue when you get later in your years. Sure, sure. trying to be careful with you. Put him on the Stockton plane. Absolutely. Yeah, but sure. I, I just have an issue when you're in your 20s and early 30s <laughs> and, and all of a sudden you, you – you know, I, and, and I hate to keep using Kawhi as an example, but, you know, he's played, what, over 10, 11 years, and he's only played in 500-some games. You know, I hear you. And, and and so I mean, like to me, that sends a bad precedent. Other other players are looking at that. And no, Chris Paul loves to play. And, yeah, oh yeah, and so yeah. No, he got to save him, him from himself. Absolutely. Yeah, they have they have to hold him back. But I think he's come to that point where he understands that the last two years didn't reap the benefits that he wanted totally, and so he know he has to be fresher uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, no question. To that end, is there, you know, should they make a move to bring another, you know, a clearly backup point guard, but a veteran point guard, you know, that can help him, you know, get through this, get through the regular season and keep him fresh for the playoffs? Well, to be honest, I mean, campaign has played well. Yeah, no, Cam's uh, played good. I just, you know, well. you just wonder yeah, from a minute standpoint. Yeah, he, he didn't have a great year last season. Yeah, he, and he does has his periods where he struggles, as most players do. But sure, sure. Uh, but he's really, I think he's the reason why they're sitting at sixteen and eleven. Yeah, uh, yeah, because of his his good play at the point guard position. But yeah, I, I think they're always looking for that. I think you know Devin. You know, a lot of people don't realize Devin has really improved his his point guard skills, and they'll yes. move Devin back there and let yes. him run stuff. I know that's the default is that he can be the backup yeah, they'll point let guard. Him run stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so. I think I think you know you know around the All Star break when teams start to you know maneuver and start releasing players and you get a chance yeah. to sign players I think they might go that route but I would just like to think they got to try to get physical right now uh, yeah I just, yeah I mean I because Mikael Bridges can go back in the backcourt he can bring the ball up their offense is all about movement and touches it's not about a point guard creating for everyone other than right. Chris Paul right uh, and so. You know, I, I just see them maybe leaning toward the physical aspect. But. A- Aiton said something the other day that I thought was interesting. You know, he said, <clears throat> you know, you can't get caught up about December games. And I know what he was saying. <clears throat> you know, they got a bigger picture in mind. Um, but on the other hand, you don't want to be, you know, sliding toward the play-in game either. You know what I mean? Like, you got to – there's right. a balance between not putting all your eggs into the regular season, but understanding that positioning for the playoffs is important, you know, and I wonder what that balance is for this team as they go through the, the regular season. Yeah, you're right. Because DeAndre needs to look at the standings and see that, you know, from the 13th position all the way up to the first, there's not many games separate from the top. Exactly. 
So we're in a four-game losing streak, and look how far we've dropped. Yeah. You know, last year we could have lost four in a row and wouldn't even been a dent. So, right. Uh, <laughs> right, right. so he has to understand that. And yeah. you don't. You don't want to mess around because injuries happen. Uh, they've experienced it this year. Uh, defections happen. So a defection and injuries. You know, so this is right. not the same 64-win team, you know, from the start of the season to now that they were last year. And so – uh, yeah, he has to understand that. But again, he's a young guy, man. That you know, emotion gets the best of these guys, man. And uh, that definitely was not the right thing to say. So I want to get you out on this, EJ. I know you got you know your own show to do, but I always like to ask guys who played, who was the who was your best teammate that you played with? Not the best mm-hmm. player you played with, but the best teammate you played with. Yeah, well. I got to give you a twofold ass. Okay. Like from a, from a teammate teammate standpoint, and then from a, a guy that's between the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, best teammate I've ever had, and and I, I hate to just single him out, but Mike Wilson's the best teammate I've ever had. Okay. Lasalle Thompson's right there, close. Uh, from a playing standpoint, it's probably for me because I don't think that he cared who got the juice, who scored the basket. He just didn't care. Uh, and that was Nate McMillan. Mm. You know, and so Nate just, he was the perfect teammate to have. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't care, man. Like, if you were open, you were open. He knew. He, if you were hot, he kept trying to get the ball to you. Yeah. Uh, and he just didn't care. He didn't, He was selfless, man. Like, he gave up his starting position to Gary Payton, man, when he really didn't have to. Because he was right. still better than Gary. When yeah. Gary first got to the league. They knew more. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so, but, he, yeah, that's why I say it's a hard, that's a hard question because, you know, and then I would throw, who you know, Nate was a point guard. Like, yeah. Ty Corbin wasn't a point guard, but he was one of the best teammates I ever had. He was a yeah. selfless man. I mean, it's just, it's just guys like that, man, Derek McKee, uh, they just, they, they just, they just played. Yeah, you know, just like it, just it, nothing bothered them. Like T.R. Duns, I mean, guys that just, I mean, they put their uniform on, man. They just played the game the way you're supposed to play the game. They didn't have an agenda. Yeah, yeah. I had an agenda. I wanted to score. <laughs> I don't lie. You were I clear mean, about like, that, <laughs> and they knew that, right? They, you know what? But I was a great teammate. Like yeah. I was respectful of them. I loved them, but they knew what I wanted to do. Right. Like, that was my job. Because if I right. didn't do that, I might not have been in the league. Who knows? Right. So they understood that. And, and so, yeah, man, this, this, I had a lot of great teammates, though. Man. That's a great but, call on Tank, man. Tank was one of the all-time my boy, underrated man. dudes uh, that I ever saw play. Yeah. You know. That was and, my uh, bodyguard, man. Is that- <laughs> That's my boy, man. Yeah, man. There was... It's just I could write a book. I probably should write a book about that about that league because I, yeah. I miss that league. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I never had a fight in that era, but I talked so much smack. I don't know why I didn't. Right. Like you know, me and Xavier McDaniel, you would have thought we hated each other. Right. I, I hated him between the lines, but I respected yeah. him. Yeah. Exactly. I think that respect was that that to me is what people don't I don't think people get was that most guys in the league were respected that that played, you know, because everybody came 
everybody came there to put a day's work in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and you, you understood who the guys, the stars were. But, you know, like I said, guys like Daryl Walker that, you know, taught me so much about the game. Daryl couldn't jump over a postage stamp, you know, at least by the time he got to Washington. But but he knew how to play, and he knew I the game. I still got scratches on my arm from Daryl. Exactly. <laughs> All the way back growing up in Chicago. Scratches. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. So D-Walk, you know, was a tough – played it tough. Was a t- and, and there was that was a, that was most of the league back then. You know, it was just yeah. guys that come in and play hard every day, you know. We so. love the game, D.A. Yeah. yeah. Love, man, we look. We love basketball. Like, that, yeah. like, if we couldn't play the game, we were sick. Like we yeah. we like when we were injured, man, that's why we got up and pushed through the pain. Yeah. We didn't want to come out of the game. Like yeah. guys today, they'll lay on the floor. You think you gotta bring an ambulance out. And then, <laughs> then, then a minute later, they up and they wanna stay in the game. All right. It's just right. a different mentality. And it's, it's not different. all their fault. It's just the way that they've been brought up in the game. Yep. But it's that love, man, that I don't think will ever be matched in our era. Yeah. Plan because a lot of those guys played only 12, 13 years. Yeah. You know, uh, they didn't they didn't try to add on to their career. And I understand why these guys do it now. That's just another the 20, 30 million dollars. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Like, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. Sure. <laughs> of course. Of yeah. course. Did you hear yeah. about I, I guess I want to address it. Did you hear about my incident with the Pelican fans in regards to the noise machine? Oh, I, I read it. Yes. Yes. I read about that. <laughs> About the accusation, and this is, I'm sure it was accurate because I think a lot of teams pipe noise in. Um, Thank you. You know, yeah. and so <laughs> they're not, like, if they're doing it, they're not the only team in the league doing it. So that would not, that not, did not surprise me. And I'm not like they got a great fan base. They're they're yeah. very loud. They're very supportive. I'm I'm very happy that they do. But man, that that place was just too damn loud, man. Like I. I <laughs> No, man. You can tell my the ears, difference, my right? My ears tuned to crowd Right, noise. you can tell the difference. Sure, sure. Come on, man. Sure. But they, they're There's mad a... at me. They're mad at me right now, so. Don't be mad at Eddie Johnson. He just Yeah, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is the co-host of the NBA Today on Sirius XM Radio. He covers the Phoenix Suns brilliantly. My man, Eddie Johnson. Thank you for joining us, man. Right. Thanks, bro. Uh, Appreciate it. Of course, of course. Marcus would say leave that five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get this fine American podcast. And if you can't leave five stars, keep it to yourself, you haters. We're out.